Welcome to Killer Kush Podcast, a podcast where we smoke and talk about killers, caspers, and cryptids. My name's Nick. My pronouns are he, him. My name is Clarn. My pronouns are she, her. My name is Casey. My pronouns are he, him. Welcome, Casey, onto the pod. Woo-hoo. Everybody say hi, Casey. Hi, hi Casey. Casey. <laughs> That's <laughs> not very... have a lot of enthusiasm. <laughs> I did not have a lot of enthusiasm. Okay, like take two. Meeting. Hi, Casey. One, two. Hi, Casey. There we go. That felt a little flare. Um, Casey, how are you doing today, bud? I'm doing all right. You know, just surviving. What's the rose and thorn of your day? The rose and thorn of my day. Um, Rose, I put together my succulent Lego set. Um, Hell yeah. So that's all put together now. It looks very nice. Very nice. Um, Casey is also on the Lego, the botanical Lego grind. Not as hard as I am. I don't think he's trying to collect all of them. No one can be as hard as you, Nick. But his mommy got him a Lego set for Christmas, right? Yeah, so you got to put it together. So he finally, finally put it together. Here's me getting a Lego set and doing it within the hour. Here's Here is everybody it. around you adopting your personality traits and hobbies. I got it before Nick got really, really into it. He did. <gasps> well, he got it. Yes. Technically, like he, yeah. I think you had one, but like you had been like I started collecting them. Yeah, it was before I started collecting them. So maybe KC influenced me. Oh. I tend to. Wow. Okay, don't go that far. Uh. <laughs> pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> anyway, what's your thorn of the day? Um, that I worked. Yeah. I actually had to spend time working. Yeah. You yeah. Work. Work yeah. schmirk. Period. Apparently all of my coworkers are now listening to my podcast. Oh, yeah? I was informed today. My manager literally, like flipped his phone at me when i was in the salon and it was the notification for the episode coming out and i was like oh everybody's listening and i had another coworker text me and she was like hey my boyfriend listens to really shitty podcasts what's yours <laughs> I, was like, I don't know if that's a diss or if you're trying to get him to listen to better podcasts but <laughs> didn't sit right with me <laughs> Honestly, slay. If you're looking for a really fucking mediocre, <laughs> shitty podcast. Welcome to Killer Kush, baby. Welcome to Killer Kush. <laughs> Claire, what's your rose and thorn? I am trying to learn augmented reality for work. For... That's terrifying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm using a meta spark. It, it's like, like Facebook AR- meta? Yeah. Um, um, because for an event we're having, we have to use Instagram to use the AR. And you can't take something in Adobe and transfer it into Instagram's programs without like going through the meta, whatever the fuck. So The metaverse. The metaverse. So I'm learning that and it stressed me the fuck out and I don't get it. So That's your thorn. What's your rose? Um, that I'm here and that I'm working and that I guess... Every week Claire comes here and Claire's <laughs> like, I guess I'm seeing you. That's good. <laughs> That's a, like, you have to have other things in your life going on other than seeing me. Ooh, I started at a little crochet project um, oh. and I'm already like pretty far into it. And Is it the bag? Good. Yeah. It's, it's looking good? It's looking really good. With the thick yarn? 
Yes. Listen to the steal that Claire got. Claire almost spent $20 on each spool of yarn, but... Got it for $6.99 a piece. There was a big bonanza sale at Joanne Fabrics. Can you believe? Can you believe, Joanne? Joanne, Joanne, sponsor us. Joanne. Joanne. Wait, that's Jolene. (laughs) You tried. I I was almost there. That's what I I was almost there. Okay, um, somebody asked me what my okay. rose and thorn are. What was your rose and thorn, Nick? My rose is that I got home today and didn't have the story finished, but I did finish it before y'all got here. So that's my rose is that I somehow was very productive in the hour that I had. And my thorn is that I also worked today, but more importantly, I did a really tedious project at work. And we have this like rolling divider that sits in our drive aisle. And I had to do a whole reset on every single side of it today. Mm. So it was a lot of like scanning each individual item to mark them to clearance and then finding the other items and putting them up, which is fine. Like I like having projects at work, but it was, I took down half of it and then my manager came up to me and he was like, Hey, you didn't have to do that. And then I had to re-put everything back up on that half of it. And then move on. And so that is my thorn, is that I did work I didn't have to do today. Y'all. So. But at least you got paid. At least I got paid for it. And it was an okay day at work. It was pretty funny at work today. We had a good day. Why? Um, For instance, there was this guy that came in that had a mullet. And I looked at my manager and I said, does my mullet look like his mullet? Because his mullet looked really bad. Oh. (laughs) And my manager went... No, no, no. There's a difference. There's a queer mullet and a KKK mullet. And he has the KKK (laughs) mullet. Describe the mullet. Describe the mullet. It was like probably a two guard in the front. So really short. Like really short in the front. Like barely longer than the sides of his head. And then the back was like stringy and balding and flat. Like picture Nico's hair if he didn't have a perm. (laughs) <laughs> like flat girl i'm saying flat it was really bad she's giving no volume she's giving she's giving no luster she's giving no shine she's giving no resilience not the pantene commercial <laughs> no not the herbal essences this is not you know Damn. so yeah it was it you was do funny. not have a kkk mullet thank like. you I have, I have the queer mullet yeah i learned that today if that's what you need to believe Oh. I mean, don't mind my bald spot, but other than that, I'm like, to, to say balding. I know. Don't mind my bald spot, but other than that, it's pretty good. I would never know. I've never seen your head. Well, you would look below. KC sees on top of everybody's head. Oh. I was like, come on, girly. How's my hairline looking? For the audience, KC is 6'8. Good, good. So he just sees the top of everybody's head all the time. So he's probably like an expert bald defender. For sure. But I mean, like. From the other perspective, I see everybody from the best angle. Like, everybody True. holds their phone up when they take a selfie. Like, you yeah. never have a double chin while you're talking to me. Yeah, Claire sees uglies only. Claire looks at me <laughs> and I have, like, a four chins. And I'm like, hello, Claire. For reference, I'm 5'2". Like a baby. Casey, Casey is 6'8". Six, <laughs> Literally um, over a foot. Quiet on set. It's 6 p.m. <laughs> quiet on set. What's 6 p.m.? It's 6 p.m. Right now it's 6 p.m., Claire. But what's the alarm for? Pills o'clock, baby. Pills o'clock. But it's it's actually like, did you take your pill? It's it's, did you take your pill earlier? It's like the the reminder at the end of the day, like, 
did you do this this morning? And I'm like, uh, yes, I did. That's a smart one. Because I always smart. take it when I, when I wake up. So oh. it's like, it's a morning thing, but then like, just in case I forgot in the morning oh, or I was distracted in the okay. bathroom or whatever, I have gotcha. the 6 p.m. alarm to like, catch it. Oh. Sick. I should do that. Except for mine, I take my pills at night. So it'd be like 1 a.m. Oh. Me having a 1 a.m. <laughs> alarm. Or you could do <laughs> the you morning. The if you forgot the, the night before, you could probably do it in the morning and be fine. Maybe. I forget a lot. <laughs> okay, everybody, name what prescriptions you're on, starting. <laughs> everybody, <laughs> name your drug cocktail. <laughs> everybody, name your cocktail. What are you on? What makes you stable? I'm kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Not not in this, maybe in the session. <laughs> but not Join here. our Patreon if you want to hear what medications I'm on <laughs> or not going to be on. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Speaking of, we should flip over and come back. Yeah? Welcome back. We just had a fantastic time on the session. I lost a nail. Claire lost her phone, then lost her nail. <laughs> Casey lost his dignity. Oh. <laughs> I did? Might as well. Might as well. Okay, on to the story. Have y'all heard of... The Gitchy Manitou Murders. Gitchy? No. Well, you're going to learn today. So the main sources I used were Wikipedia and an article from the Des Moines Register. Suck it. That's what I wrote in the notes because I used Wikipedia and people are like, Wikipedia! And I'm like, suck it. Okay, it's a good information source. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. It's not a reliable source. Yes, it is. It's not. It's referencing things. No, it's not. Yes, it is. You can literally go and edit it right now and make it say whatever you want. No, you can't. They unedit it. They have people that fact check it. But it, at the time that you read it. No, it's like almost instantaneous that somebody's on there like editing what you edit. I promise you. Wait, wait. It's like a thing. That's like, that's literally... You're just like a middle school English teacher. But that's what like, I'm yeah. saying. Like, give me, give, me, give me a credible source, Nicholas. They have references. After like every single sentence, it's like one in brackets. And then you scroll to the bottom and it has one. And then it has a, a source that it pulled information from. And then three sentences later, it's like two. I trust Wikipedia. My I trust God. Wikipedia too. They literally have sources. Okay. And they cite their source. So you can go and fact check that if you wanted to. Donate to Wikipedia, too, because isn't it, like... It always is, like, we're so poor, we have no money, we're Wikipedia. <laughs> well, I don't think people get paid to be, like, policing the Wikipedia edits, you know what I mean? It's probably, like, old, smart people that do it. Yeah. Do you think they have an AI? Maybe. It'd be smart if they had an AI. Millions of people just lost their jobs. Right, right. That was one of my questions that I was thinking about asking on the session Mm. is, do you think that one day all human work will be replaced by machinery? Yeah. Could be. If we keep going. I don't think so. I think that there's always the need for human touch on things. And I do think that in a fair amount of places, there is a way to automation, but I don't think that that will entirely negate the human aspects of all of it i agree i think we're too attached to having purpose 
that we wouldn't allow machines to do everything that we're doing. Yeah. Anyway, on to the story. <laughs> the Friar Brothers, Alan 29, James 21, and David 24, were in Gitche Manitou State Preserve in Larchwood, Iowa, looking to poach deer and happened to stumble upon a group of teens sitting around a campfire singing. So setting the scene, it's in Iowa. Okay. That's the reason why I chose this. Corn, I just... swan. Corn pigs. What else are you looking for? That's all. That's all you can ask for. These brothers are out being hillbillies and stumble across a group of teens sitting around a campfire singing, and that made me be like, "Ah." Sorry, asparagus <laughs> just jumped off of, and then now is eating some crunchy arugula. <laughs> I've never seen him so active. He's a happy boy. Oh, scared the shit out of me. I know. Me too. That's when he was, like, breaking through the wall. <laughs> He's so cute. All right, moving on. David Fryer was sent to spy on the group and report back to his brothers that the teenagers had marijuana. <gasps> Gasp! <laughs> what? <laughs> marijuana? Where do you get it? I don't... What is I've marijuana? That's illegal. Yeah, that's actually illegal in the United States federally. And in Iowa, isn't it? And in Iowa, it still <gasps> is. Yeah. So anyway, the brothers conferred and decided to take the victim's marijuana by impersonating narcotics officers. That's kind of smart. Not a bad little plan. After getting shotguns from their truck, Alan, James, and David Fryer positioned themselves on a ridge (laughs) overlooking the victims and opened fire. Roger Essam, 17, was killed immediately, and Stuart Bade, 18, fell wounded. At this point, the remaining teenagers took cover in the trees. So this went from being a good idea to, to a horrible you're idea. Just dead upon nothing. Like whoa! Why yeah. did they go get rifles? Because I think that they were going to scare them. They they said that they were going to pretend to be like narcotics officers, but why did they need to just walk up with rifles? Yeah, they went zero to one hundred. Like, well, they're dumb hillbillies. What do you expect? That's just you're going to bring your gun with you. Fair. But was there any talking, or it was just straight to shooting? That's the thing. And I'll talk about it a little bit later, but it was just straight to shooting. And somebody's already dead. A 17-year-old is already dead. Okay. Which is, like, I don't know. Having a group of three people open fire at a group of teenagers is just like, I mean, it still happens today, honestly. And this was in 1973 that this happened. But, like... I don't know. Are these kids white? Probably it's Iowa. Okay. <laughs> I mean, like, probably. Their names are Roger and Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> Roger and Stewart. Testimony at the trial indicated that the friars apparently thought that narcotics agents were allowed to indiscriminately kill drug users. <laughs> well, I so thought they, I could just kill them. They thought if it's like open fire. Like if you see somebody with weed, if you have, if you're a narcotics officer, you can just shoot them. But they but weren't even narcotics officers. They immediately no, they were pretending like, to be. Let's pretend to be narcotics officers, and because we're pretending to be narcotics officers, we also have their full legal authority to do everything that they can do. <laughs> yeah, they just missed the step of like oh. pretending to be to them. Like the teenagers didn't know. <laughs> You know, like, they just didn't get the memo. Well, 
So, yeah. The friars ordered the teenagers to come out of the trees. So Michael Hadrath, 15, and Sandra Chesky, 13, emerged together and asked the friars who they thought they were. Can we talk about how this age group is from 18 to 13 and they were smoking weed with this 13-year-old? I mean, sometimes there's a little brother present. That could have been. But there's none of them have the same last name, so it would have been a friend. Oh, yeah, that is a weird gap. Just 18 to 13 is a large gap for me. I don't know. At 18, I wasn't hanging out with 8th graders. Maybe there weren't a lot of kids in town. That could also be. This is in Larchwood, Iowa. I have okay. never personally heard of Larchwood, Iowa, and I'm from Iowa. So, we'll see. Alan Fryer then shot Hadrath in the arm and said that they were police officers. Hadrath and Chesky fell to the ground and were forced to get up by Alan Fryer, who said they were playing dead. Alan and David Fryer forced Dana Bade and Michael Hadrath and Sandra Chesky along the trail away from the campfire. Sandra Chesky, 13, was tied up and placed in the group's van. During this time, Stuart Bade was also brought to the van where he had been wounded. Alan Fryer then drove away in the van and Sandra Chesky, leaving Stuart Bade, Dana Bade, and Michael Hadrath standing near the road with James and David Fryer. So one of the brothers drives away with the 13-year-old and leaves the two brothers with the rest of the teenagers to, like, get them. After Alan left, James and David Fryer killed the three teenagers with the shotguns. The bodies were discovered the next day by a couple from Sioux Falls, San Diego... South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) And this was still just to get some weed? No, I think they just wanted to shoot children. I also agree with there was probably more at play than just getting weed. I'm interested to hear the legal defense. Was there background on this douchebag? Douchebags? All of the brothers? Well, yeah. Who hurt them? Yeah. Who hurt them? Yeah. (laughs) Why are they like this? Hmm? How old were they? 29, 21, and 24. Oh. So, like, the 29-year-old is... Like, girl, you're almost 30, and you're out here shooting teenagers. of... Yeah. Wow. That's fucked. So, the bodies were discovered the next day by a couple from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, who drove to the park while trying out their new car. Roger Essam's body wasn't discovered until the following day because it was left lying by the campfire, the site of the first encounter. Alan Fryer told Sandra Chesky that he was a police officer while they drove around and that he was, quote, the boss, and the other two would do as he instructed them. After a short time, James and David Fryer met them on a road in a pickup. Alan and Sandy got into the truck and the group drove to a farm. So the brother leaves the guy to the, or the brother leaves his two brothers to shoot the remaining victims and then they get back together. So now it's three against one 13 year old girl. Well, they're saving her for last. And trigger warning, there is some sexual assault and rape coming up. Uh, So if you want to skip forward like 30 seconds just to get rid of that, you totally can. At this point, James Fryer raped Sandra Chesky early in the next morning Alan filled the vehicle's tank with gasoline from large red fuel tank and then drove Chesky home, still under the pretense of being a police officer, saying that Sandra was too young to get busted. 
So basically, he thought because he told her he was a police officer and used that like power on her that she wouldn't tell anybody about the whole situation. So when did it switch from... And he also was like, she's too young for us to basically kill her, but they're okay with raping her. Like, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Right. This is just all kinds of fucked up. Yeah. On November 29th, 1973, Sandra Teske was accompanied by Craig Vinson, Lyon County, Iowa Sheriff, as they drove around the countryside looking for the farmhouse where Sandy was held captive and raped. Near Hartford, South Dakota, she recognized a farmhouse by the large red fuel tank that stood next to the garage. They're back to that fuel tank when he filled up his car the next morning. Like that's crazy that that's the one thing that she was like, that's what I remember. Yeah. You know, just the things that stick out to you are so crazy. I just had a moment about geography. Do Iowa and South Dakota touch? I think we do on the top left corner. Okay. For some reason in my head, I think I had Minnesota just all the way across. Mm-mm. No, like, I think it's on, like, the left wall, but up in the left corner. Yeah. I think that's where we touch. I think it is the one all the way top, on top. Okay. They just kiss. They just a little smooch. Anyway, back to the story. The farm was owned by Alan Fryer's employee, a local farmer. By a chance, Alan Fryer then drove by in the same blue pickup that was used the night of the murders. Sandy told Sheriff Vinson, that's him. That's the boss. Law enforcement quickly pulled the truck over, arrested Alan Fryer. David and James Fryer were arrested shortly after. The boss. The boss. Because that's what she was like. You call, yeah. or he, he was like, you call me the boss. This 13-year-old girl was really just like, all these men, prison. Prison. Now. Death. Death to them. Well, imagine watching your fucking 17-year-old and 15-year-old friends die. Yeah. Well, luckily, not luckily, but, like, thank God she didn't, she wasn't there to witness her three, like, she only saw her two friends get shot. She didn't witness the execution of her three other friends. Because she was in the truck already. You know, so, like, thank God she was saved from that trauma, but, I mean, all of your friends are still dead. The people that you care about are dead. And you're the only, like, surviving, so there's so much survivor's guilt there, probably. And you were sexually assaulted. Yeah. He's not well off, to say the least. But she lives. But she lives. Alan Fryer claimed that Chesky's friends were the ones shooting at him and his brothers the night of the murders, and they accidentally killed someone. By Alan's third interview, he told the truth, but was still trying to justify their actions, saying the five teens had been drinking and smoking marijuana, and the Fryer brothers just wanted to steal it. David Fryer told a similar story, then later changed his story to what really happened. On November 30th, 1973, so a day after they find them, Chesky identified both David and James Fryer in a lineup. The interview with James Fryer was much different, and he immediately turned to blame his other brothers. He confirmed David Fryer's story, believing the teens had been smoking marijuana, and Alan Fryer pretending to be a detective, and Chesky was laughing, having a good time, and willingly had sex with David and James. So that's what James is saying. Which, why would this 13-year-old want your crusty, dusty, busted ass? 
Also, still You're not age of consent. Still. Yeah. Like, that's not a thing. Yeah. No, no police officer in their right mind would believe that either. You know? And also, they're just trying to justify everything at this point for what? They've changed their story how many times? Like, do you think they're even reliable anymore? No. no. Exactly. So James also blamed his brother for killing all four of the teenage boys. James Fryer was serving time in jail during the time of the murders, but it was enrolled in the work release program. Instead of going back to jail, David called the jail impersonating his boss, saying James needed to work an extra shift instead of James went off with his brothers. So instead of working, he went and killed people, which is horrible. Alan and David Fryer were moved from Sioux Falls, South Dakota to Lyon County Jail in Rock Rapids, Iowa. James Fryer remained in Sioux Falls because he was currently serving a jail sentence. On December 1st, 1973, all three brothers were charged with four counts of murder. Bond was set at $400,000 per man, accounting at $100,000 per each boy slain. Sandra Chesky's testimony was instrumental as it comprised the bulk of the evidence used against the Fryer brothers during the 18th months of trial. 18 months? 18 months is how long this trial took. What more do you need to know? These pieces of shit literally, literally A 10 minute, she comes on the children. stand. Yeah, like, shut the case. And said Guilty. it was because they wanted to steal their... Marijuana. Weed. Wow. There were some issues at the trial involving confusion by Chesky, most of which can be attributed to her age at the time. And then on February 12th, 1974, David Fryer pled guilty to the open charge of murder, guilty to three charges of murder, and one charge of manslaughter. David admitted to killing Stuart Bade. The judge sentenced David to life in prison without possibility of parole, to which he replied, no. How are you just going to say no? No? Yeah, you clearly killed these people. And you're just going to say no to this judge that's now sending you life in prison? Like, shut the fuck up. Go to prison. Yeah, girl, you don't, you don't get a choice here. David said, if all my appeals fail, I'll actually write the governor and ask for the death penalty. I won't live out my life in jail. Keep me locked up for life. Can't turn around what happened. It can't bring those people back. So, like, no remorse. So, what, you should just run around free because... Yeah. Well, he's like, I'd rather die than live in jail, but I wasn't have the death penalty. Really? Mm-mm. That kind of surprises me. No, it's only, like, a few states that have the death penalty. Hold on, let me Google it. skippy dippy doop doop ba Ready? Yeah. 24 states have the death penalty. Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Idaho, Indiana, Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, Nevada, North Carolina, Ohio, Oklahoma, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, and Wyoming. Wow. So almost half of the U.S. has the death penalty still. That's kind of bonkers to me. That's really crazy. I thought it was only like a handful of states. Anyway, so this man just is refusing to own up to shit, which is horrible. I mean, he did kind of own up, but he just wants to die, which like at that point, I kind of get him. 
I mean, yeah. I mean, but personally, I, kinda... I wouldn't want to live the rest of my life out in prison either. I'd yeah. rather just die. But yeah. at the same time, I haven't done something that's like worth that punishment. You know, like there is a punishment of time being worse than death. 100%. But that's because existence is pain. And that is a statement. That is a statement. Maybe I'll get that tattooed. Yeah. <laughs> existence <laughs> is pain. <laughs> So in 2016, David asked the parole board to overturn the without possibility of parole, and it was denied after testimony by Chesky and Mike Hadreth's sister, Lynette. Alan Fryer was subjected to psychiatric testing and was found fit to stand trial. In February 1974, Alan began his trial at the Lyon County Courthouse, and in May 20th, 1974, Alan was found guilty on all four counts of first-degree murder and was sentenced to four consecutive life terms in prison. So they're all getting what is coming to them, which is the, like, thank God, nobody gets off, you know? Yeah, because there are too many cases where there's clearly evidence. Well, did they talk about evidence in this case at all? I think that the evidence mainly was the surviving victim. Yeah. Yeah, who saw it all. Yeah, Yeah, who was like, yo, dude, I literally witnessed this whole thing. It's like why would a why would a thirteen year old girl make make all of this up? Yeah, and we have the bodies. Well, yeah. Like it's not like it was her going around and. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> you think you know what James Fryer agreed to extradition from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, to Iowa, but later fought it, thinking he might end up back out on the streets. On June 18, 1974, after Alan Fryer's trial, he and James Fryer escaped from the Lyon County Jail, stole a vehicle, and fled the state. They were arrested in Gillette, Wyoming, and brought back to face federal charges. James' trial began December 3, 1974, in Dickinson County, Iowa, where a state psychiatrist determined James had an IQ of 85 and was poorly controlling his behavior. I googled it, and an average IQ is 100. So 85 is stupid. So 85 just is below. I don't know how bad that is. Yeah, I don't know how bad that is either. But but it is below average. December 30th, 1974, James Fryer was found guilty of three charges of first-degree murder and one charge of manslaughter because James was going to be serving his life in jail without parole at the district attorney. They believed that there was no need to subject Chesky to a rape trial. So they were like, we could also put them all on trial for Sandra's rape. But they were like, they're all in jail for life anyway. What's the point of subjecting yeah. her to an entire trial where she has to recount this horrible thing that happened yeah, to her? Yeah, it'd probably be worse. Yeah, especially her. like, what, a, a year or two later? Yeah. Yeah. Trying to move on from your trauma. Literally, and having to dig it all back up. Like, I don't know. That, to me, was like a nice thing to not force her to go through that even though like they probably could have and she could be a person that is like they never they never faced justice for the crime that was done on me and i understand that but also like there's no chance in any of them getting out anytime right so it's like your sentencing wouldn't have added anything they're all without parole you know yeah All three of the Fryer brothers were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole, and all appeals fell through for all the Fryer brothers. Alan is serving his life sentence in a penitentiary in Anamosa, Iowa. David and James are currently serving their life sentences in Fort Dodge Correctional Facility in Fort Dodge, Iowa. Together. 
And that is the Gitchy Manito murders. Pieces of shit. Pieces of shit, bro. Do you bro. think they should have gotten any leeway for their crimes because they had a low IQ? No. I don't think dumb people are allowed to murder. Right. That's dumb. Not like not allowed <laughs> to murder, but they were trying to get the possibility of parole because he was stupid. Yeah, just in a psychiatric testing, they were like... Mm. He well, also yeah, has a low likely IQ. he'll do some dumb shit again. But they were like, he's fit for trials, so obviously I mean, I he was. Like yeah. If you kill somebody, they're gonna give you a psychiatric evaluation. I think they probably yeah. have to. Yeah, I'd hope so. I hope so as well, because I feel like there are people out there that kind of don't know what they're doing. Why do I gotta pay for a psychiatric evaluation? Yeah, just Claire, kill just kill someone. <laughs> Easy fix. <laughs> they should just be giving them out. Easy fix. I mean, that's really on how uh, healthcare yeah. for everybody, okay? Yeah, Would it have is. prevented these murders. Welcome to the United States, where you have to kill somebody to be able to see a psychiatrist. Fuck. Fuck. And now I can no longer afford therapy as of maybe this week. Oh, that's so sad. That's so sad. Skippy dippy 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 ba. Claire, three sentence summary. Go. Uh, three brothers really fucking suck. Period. They killed five children for contradicting reasons. Maybe because they wanted their weed. Period. They all went to prison for life. Period. <laughs> yeah, good job. That was a good one. Lost it at the end there, but <laughs> <laughs> that was a good one. I, I, I'll give it to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. KC, girl boss, gatekeep, gaslight, go. Ooh, um, I think right now I'm feeling gaslit. Mm, why? I'm just I'm tired, and I feel like I feel like adulthood right now is gaslighting me. Yeah, adulthood sucks. I hate it here. Yeah. If we could turn back time. Be a little kid. How hard would it be to move to Europe? Really hard, actually. It's really yeah. hard to get citizenship. Right? I don't know how expensive it would be. Like, I feel like getting there would be the hardest part. But its citizenship is crazy. You would also, like, have to start entirely over. Because, like... Are you going to ship a couch across an ocean? Yeah, no. So, like, you have to sell all of your belongings and, like, buy new belongings. Oof. I love my stuff. Yeah. I probably would have to get rid of my lizards. Yeah. Oh, no. I could not do that. Well, I guess I'm staying here. You better tell Nico. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine when, even when you just move out of this apartment. Whatever. They can follow me. They're fine. They all have their own cages. We'll just have to make sure we have a third room. Or a second room. Yeah. If we get a one-bedroom. You know? Like, we're fine. We're fine. (laughs) (laughs) I do have a lot of animals. You just... You definitely cannot move into something smaller than a two-bedroom after living in this big of an apartment and also, like, owning all of the stuff in all of the rooms. Yeah. Like, that's all stuff that's gonna go with you. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I won't move for, like, at least another year, if not two. Same. 
because I just don't want to do all that. It is a lot. And I simply don't have the patience. Exactly. Facebook Marketplace could never. Claire, girl boss, get keep gaslight, go. Mm, I'm, f- I'm feeling the vibe of the gaslit by adulthood this week, too. Um, but also a little bit girl boss. At mm. the end of the week, I feel like it was a hard week, but it's over and I did it. It's fine now. What about you, Nick? I'm feeling girl boss this week. Ooh. I don't know what it is, but I'm feeling I'm feeling good. I had a productive week. I'm going in strong to a long work. I work like six days in a row or something. Starting starting yesterday. Fuck. So I'm only on day two, but I'm starting it strong. Starting it strong. You'll make it through. I'll make it through. Good paycheck. Decent paycheck. Well, at the end of this. Yeah. Hopefully a good paycheck. We'll see. I don't know. Making $18 an hour. Chase a bag. Chase a bag. Gotta. Anyway, uh, you know where to find us on social media. We are at... Kilikush Podcast. You can also click the link in our bio to subscribe to Patreon, where we offer episodes like The Session... And we also offer episodes of the Reefer Review. We did a little weed haul on the latest session. And uh, if you're wanting to know what we smoke, that's fun. Check it out. out. We love you. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.